I'm just being honest. The JBH Podcast. Let's rock this. True food, full thought. Welcome to the Just Being Honest Podcast. The JBH Podcast is here to inspire people to dramatically enhance their health, their well-being, and lifestyle by providing an honest perspective and knowledge on eating, quote, real food, whether that is in physical form, the healthiest version of a whole food substance, or mental. What are you saying to yourself? What are you listening from other people? Huh? The less toxins you put in your body, the less toxins that are out in the universe, the environment, and the less toxins that you are spreading onto humanity. It's about creating a life of sourcing transparency, mental freedom, and physical harmony. Guys, this is the Just Being Honest podcast. This is true food for thought. We are getting deep. I think these days, more than ever, we live in such a modern day world. I'll say it time and time and time again. But guys, we really do. How are you sustaining your relationships around you? Whether it's a family member or a significant other, perhaps a new friend, how are you approaching every single situation as a whole? I think that brings me to the perfect introduction to my guest today, Dr. Viviana Coles. Guys, I have been waiting so long to have Someone so knowledgeable, such as Viviana on the show, um, you know, we're all, and when you listen to this, you may not be in quarantine anymore, who knows, but it's highly relevant to just where we are in today's world. But Dr. Viviana, she is a doctor of marriage and family therapy, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and she's also a supervisor, so she knows her shit. And she's a certified sex therapist and a supervisor of that whole realm as well. So she runs a whole group of uh, people underneath her that are practicing. She's like the master. So beyond that, her therapeutic approach is brief. She is solution-oriented, meaning that while... She does recognize the importance of how her clients' problems have come about. She places a higher value on offering her clients new and fresh solutions. Since 2003, she's exclusively focused her work with couples and individuals as a whole, experiencing personal and relationship difficulties, usually involving around physical, and sexual intimacy. She has built a thriving private practice, again, hence being a supervisor, and providing relationship therapy, sex therapy, and premarital counseling. We all need that. Admit it, admit it. We all need that. So she has decided to share what works for her clients with all of you guys. Aren't you so lucky? But offline, because she does do a lot of virtual consulting, offline, Dr. Viviana Coles is also the president and lead psychotherapist at Houston's Relationship 
Therapy Center. And she is also the president at the Texas, the Texas Sex Therapy Institute, a sex therapy certification program for mental health professionals. She is also a featured expert on Lifetime's number one hit relationship show, Married at First Sight. She lives in Houston with her husband and their two kids. And guys, I just want to give a warm, warm welcoming to Dr. Viviana. I know we all want to, we may be hungry for some things that we don't know if we're in, you know, going in the right direction, on the right path. We're all spiritual beings having a human experience. So let's dive into this real life truth talk together. As I may remind you, May, as I'm taping this episode, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So one of the most important things I believe in our mental health is sexual intimacy or intimacy as a whole, you know, just relating to one another and how we our keyword for today, you'll hear it multiple times, communicate. So without further ado, we're diving in deep. Welcome to the JBH podcast. I'm happy to have you. Hi guys, this is your host, KB. And this is the Just Being Honest podcast. Welcome back to the show. So, I am sure that you have gotten podcast overload, but I want you to get podcast, well, back into podcast love with me, because we have an amazing guest on today. I've been, like, I think I'm sweating in place right now, even though, yes, I just did a workout, um, but (laughs) my at-home workout, I love my new at-home workouts. Do you guys love your new at-home workouts? Um, Anyways, back to the topic of today. We have a licensed and relationship and sex therapy. I'm going to call her coach. I'm going to call her doctor. I'm going to call her basically the master of this. She is on Married at First Sight on Lifetime. Back in session, guys. Get your butt on the couch. You, how would, would you ever think I would have said that to you? Get your butt back on the couch. Okay. After you went outside and ran around the block a couple times. Get your butt back on the couch and tune into this show because for me, it is so fascinating. You know, guys, that I am just kind of like over the moon when it comes to just the psychology of relationships. And that's not just man to woman, man to man, female to female, you know, family dynamics, you know, all of that anything that encompasses relationship. But we're going to dive in further. We're going to dive into sex. We're going to dive into keeping it alive because we all know some of you may be locked indoors with a significant other that you have not spent probably this much time with in a long time. So how is your dynamic going and how are you keeping it spicy And how will you keep the relationship alive and thriving forever and ever? So without further ado, give me a warm welcome to Dr. Viviana Coles. Welcome to the JBH. Hi. Oh my gosh, welcome to the show. I'm so excited. I'm so glad to be here, KB. This is so fun. I love how honest you are. I love how 
unscripted you are. I appreciate that being on an unscripted reality TV show. So I do. I really, really love this. Wait, so the um, so Married at First Sight is unscripted? Oh, absolutely. It's um, it's a social experiment. It's kind of a documentary about what happens when you match five couples sight unseen and when they meet at the altar they get legally married we follow them over the course of eight weeks and during that time you're getting to see the ups and downs the highs the lows the ins and outs of everything that's happening as these strangers either grow closer together or kind of go on this roller coaster that we call newlywed um, strangers who are being newlywed and I'm one of the experts. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and certified sex therapist. And as an expert on the show, I help to guide them when they're off track, if I possibly can, if it can be helped. I am there <laughs> and I am guiding them as much as I can. But like I've always said, you can only lead a horse to water. So sometimes they take that, it's, you know, that advice and um, my experience working with couples day in and day out and they run with it, and they really thrive. And other times, they just shoot themselves in the foot. And unfortunately, we've seen it all. So as much as I would love to say that every single one of our couples works out beautifully, we learn something from them. We learn from all of them uh, what to do, what not to do, how to be a nice person, how to you know, maybe show your true colors in a, in a negative way. So that's what I love about being a part of the show is that it is unscripted. We um, love is dramatic. So in and of itself, <laughs> all of you are experiencing. Oh, is it? At Wait, some point, what? love, <laughs> love has drama that's inherent. And you know, when you turn on the lights and the cameras, um, it can be exacerbated in both a negative and a positive way. Mm. But fortunately, um, the production company that we work with is not about the drama. They will highlight it when it's there because that's we're supposed to learn from it, but they don't create it. Fortunately, we don't create it. And actually, as much as we try to kind of guide them away from the drama, some people and some personalities just gravitate towards it. And it's like, oh my gosh, okay, fine, just go. Just, just do your thing because you're an adult. Yeah. You're an adult. This is your life. This is your love life. We can only tell you so many times what to do and what not to do. And course um the viewers are only going to be able to see parts of that they don't get to see the full gamut of everything that we do with them but uh, we're so fortunate that that the production company just really and and lifetime really want love and they want to show how love can transform over the course of those eight weeks at the end of the eight weeks they get to decide if they want to stay married or get a divorce so they okay this is so i I don't even know what to word to use because we're going to jump back. But uh, so they get married right when they meet the first yes. instance. So they have met with an expert. They've met with um, casting. They've met with production for a few months. And we meet with their families. We meet with their best friends. We do all sorts of background checks, uh, multiple psyche valves, and I mean, all sorts of other things too. But when they finally meet who they match, it's at the altar. They have a full-on wedding. They go on their honeymoon. They move in together. They do all of those things. 
um, and we get to watch. <laughs> I love it. It's a glorified marital big brother situation. But before we jump into that, we all know what it feels like to just feel like you're radiating from the outside in. I'm talking inner beauty meets outer beauty, perhaps. Guys, I have a new skincare line that I've added to the brand. It's called Beauty Counter. My mission with adding Beauty Counter to my brand is quite simple. I value the importance of getting safer products into the hands of everyone. Many ingredients commonly used in the personal care industry have been linked to cancer, hormone disruption, infertility, and other health issues. And I find that truly unacceptable. Beauty Counter has put together a list of more than 1,500, that is 1,500 ingredients that are prohibited from their formulations. I believe that when we know better, we do better. So, I am here to share some cleaner lifestyle products with you to enjoy and to continue your self-care routine with confidence. Because when you look good, you'll feel great. That is Beauty Counter. And if you wanna find out more about what products would suit you best on a custom basis, please reach out to me. I'm putting the link below. You can have a little browse and ask me. We can do a profile on you and I can send you some samples. So it's so simple to get started. All you have to do is send me a quick DM on Instagram and I'll hook you right up or send me an email. Now back to the show with Dr. Viviana. It can feel that way, yes. Um, so let's we're gonna get back to that subject, but just jumping back, because I want to get to the source of you. And I want to get to kind of the source of your um, your upbringing from when you were a child. How were you raised? Where did you grow up? What was your family dynamics like? Yes, I was born and raised in Houston, Texas. I'm a first generation American. My uh, dad is from Colombia. My mom is from Mexico. I grew up in a very Latino American family. We, uh, I tended to gravitate towards more of my Colombian side than my Mexican side as far as the kind of culture that I grew up in and the traditions that we have. We're all still in Houston, so I have a huge family. Uh, we spend lots and lots of time together when permitted. <laughs> right now, not yeah. so much, and it's terrible it's terrible for everyone but um and i grew up in a pretty conservative family um when it came to making decisions about life it all a lot of it was very much geared around towards what kind of an education are you going to go for i was just telling my husband the other day that you know it, i grew up in a, in a family where it was it was known, it was very much like, you have to go get your doctorate. And whatever it is that you're going to do, you have to get the highest degree that's possible to set you up for the most success. Whether or not that's true for others, it has certainly been something that I feel has been very powerful kind of guiding, um, you know, template in my life is that education and getting 
the highest level of education in what you do has been something, it's been a huge source of confidence for me. Uh, yes, in my field, the master's degree is the terminal degree. So that's what you have to have. That's kind of the minimum requirement in order to be able to become a licensed mental health practitioner. But I was raised to go further than that. And um, it took me quite a bit because after my master's, I met my husband, got married, had my first baby with him, and then then you know, I, I specify that because not everybody does that. People can have babies with different people. Um, and then it wasn't until I was seven months pregnant with our second son that I was like, okay, now I finally am going to graduate. Like, I need to finish this doctoral program. And fortunately, I did. And I walked around on the stage like a huge blueberry, got special permission for my doctor to be able to fly. And it was just the fire that I needed. And I'm so glad that I did it because now, um, even with having had so much experience in relationships with sex therapy, the, the fact that I had that doctorate really proves to potential clients and um, even media outlets that I have done above and beyond what I need to in order to be really um, just conscious and educated in what I do and how I help other people. So I'm a huge fan of higher education, if you can't tell. And the other thing is that when it came to sex, um, yes, yeah, some of the messages that I got about sex coming up, because people are like, I wonder how her, feeling, her parents feel about this. Some of the messages that I got about sex growing up are antiquated. Um, but the guiding principle, again, was not that sex is bad. It was not that you have to wait until you know a certain time of your life or a certain milestone. It was more about make choices that will allow you to have more opportunities in your life. So, for instance, you probably shouldn't be having intercourse because you could possibly get pregnant. And that will keep you from being able to go to college, go and get your graduate degree because it's going to hinder you. And, and like most people who have had kids at an early on age, especially if they're going through their education, it's a lot harder. So it was more of that message of don't have sex so that you don't get pregnant and then you don't have a child and then it kind of saddles you down. Now, again, it's not the case for everyone, but that was something that was really drilled into me. It was like, be careful, be careful. We don't want you to have a baby too soon. You know? <laughs> I mean, I guess they just assumed I was very fertile. I don't know. Um, but, but yeah, that was the main thing. And it wasn't especially bad. Like I said, it was, it was more of just don't make choices that are going to hinder you to be able to go out there and make the most of it. And and that's been really, really nice. It's, it's actually helped me to make what I think are better decisions than maybe um, had I not gotten that sort of message. And then the other thing is, as an adult, especially as a married adult, settled down, got my kids. My parents have been my biggest cheerleader since day one when I became a certified sex therapist. They tell everyone, my daughter helps people to stay together in this capacity and she builds intimacy and they are not ashamed at all because they themselves recognize the value in having physical and emotional intimacy in a relationship long-term. They have been married for, oh my gosh, let's see, since 74. So they, they've had a really long-lasting relationship. And 
have had some fairly frank conversations about how to make that happen. And one of them is to really digging each other physically. That's the playfulness. That's the that's the part of them that, that kind of keeps that spark and, and has kept them from ending up a statistic. So, so <laughs> I really want to kind of funnel our thoughts on this because I think it is huge. And okay, to all the listeners out there, I want to let you know right here, right now, your thoughts are safe right now. No one can see you. No one even knows you're listening to this. So just literally enjoy what we're going to talk about, take it to heart, and really think about your lifestyle, okay? This is exactly why I had Dr. Viviana on here, um, because I want to really dive in, especially during a time now where perhaps we are a in a home with someone that we realize now, oh my gosh, maybe that person's not the one for me, but I feel trapped. Or B, I'm lonely, I'm alone, I, you know, my I have sexual tension, blah, you know, should I go on the apps, da 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 da. You know, I feel I like to say the words like that cling that comes out, you know, what are you clinging to? Or is it, you know, perhaps like C, you know, you're trying to understand and learn yourself and understand who you are and what exactly you do want. So moving upon those three subjects, um, what can you kind of like tell people from here on out? Just about, I mean, even just sex and like the definition of sex, you know, like people, when I throw that word out there or when, I think when any modern person thinks about the word sex, it's very taboo. It's very risque. Um, Let me throw an example out there. I had Mika Hollander on here and she's the creator of Sustained Naturals, which is the natural um, sexual pleasure line. And just basically, she's a badass woman. You know, she created natural condoms, um, organic um, tampons, um, you know, lubrications that are not going to, you know, tear down the pH levels or harm the female's vaginal walls. Love Um, that. Yeah, these are things that, like, that couples don't even discuss because they're, what, quote, embarrassed feel like they're going to offend something or someone. But, you know, we are living in a times, and I want you to jump in here. We are tiptoeing, I feel, around a lot of things. Yet, we are, I know I am, feeling so vulnerable um, amongst any cases. I'm talking to only the people that I want in my life now. Um, So just kind of go out there and kind of give me your ten dollars your ten cents on what you think you know physical emotional intimacy it's important i think that we're really kind of messing ourselves up by thinking about sex and the and the term sex is only pertaining to sexual intercourse only to penis vagina penetration mm-hmm. when you limit yourself in your definition of sex to intercourse you are missing out on everything that is pleasurable in the long term. Our vaginas change. Our penis function changes. 
all of those things are probably going to, you're going to experience some sort of difficulty with that part of your anatomy over the course of your life. Except the people who are happiest and who are able to navigate through a long-term, long-lasting monogamous relationship are the people who create variety, who create, who see sex as play, sexuality as playfulness. The idea that sexuality exists within your head, that it exists within your um, your heart, the, the idea that your whole body could be used for sexual play is something that a lot of people don't tap into until they have to because the typical sexual intercourse experience isn't as satisfying or doesn't function the way that they want. I want to have people think about sexuality as playfulness and I want it to be less about frequency, less about trying to like check boxes off and more about a feeling that you have with you and your partner to say, I, I even as a sex therapist don't even care that much how often people are having sex. I want them to imagine that, I want them to tell me you don't really have all that sort of playfulness as much um, in the bedroom, but there is the possibility for us to do that all the time because we're into each other, because we show each other that we're interested, because we are attracted to each other we tell each other, we show each other, we talk about it. Um, those are the couples that are most satisfied. It's not the couples who are having two, three, four sexual intercourse experiences a week. It's the people who are saying, that may not happen, but we really are into each other. And it could happen, even though it doesn't. So I'm not, I don't know that I'm being very clear, but the, the possibility for sexuality, I believe, is more important than the actual interaction happening. So what I'm getting from that is um, really, really um, stoking, I'm gonna use the word stoking, the authentic flirtation. Like constantly yes. stoking. I the love that. Yeah, constantly stoking the authentic uh, flirtation. You can use that on the show and be like, KB's so stoking. <laughs> um, but, but it's true. Like how many guys that I've talked to, because I have a lot of guy friends, um, and female friends, but I have a lot of guy friends, how many I've talked to that literally their head, their headspace is only like, it's like playing soccer, like gotta get the ball in the, the, the goal, you know, like gotta yeah. make the goal. Like that's what people think sex is. That's what people think um, keeping a relationship alive is, is as you said, um, intercourse. Like that's what they think what sex is. When all reality- And even more so, orgasm. They're very orgasm-centric. And, they, and think, they think that every every interaction that's sexual has to lead to orgasm. Whether that's true or not is something that's dictated by your sexual communication with your partner. I think it hinders everyone involved when your sexual interactions are orgasm-centric. But I don't get to tell everybody that. So you need to have that conversation with your partner out there to find out, like, hey, when we kiss a little longer, are, does your head go immediately to, oh, I'm going to have an orgasm? Or are you in the present? Are you being mindful of just that kiss, of just that caress? Can we snuggle on the couch without your head going to, I'm going to ejaculate. I'm going to orgasm. Yeah, got to get her naked. Yeah. Or this, isn't, this doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> the ball didn't go in the goal. 
Yeah, exactly. I want everyone to listen to that. Like everyone to listen to what she just said. Because what many people don't know, and you can go further with this, is that let's go back to the word orgasm. Um, it's not just thrill intercourse. Guys, it, I'm, hmm. I need to say guys. percent of women, they can't even have an orgasm through intercourse. Yep. And it needs to be external. Mm-hmm. But let's say you can. Does that mean that just because you can uh, orgasm through intercourse, that that's all you should do because that's what's going to really do it, quote unquote? No. Use the rest of your body. We're, we're made to experience pleasure in all sorts of ways. And the truth is, if you really get down to it, what are your goals for sexual experiences with your partner? Most people are not going to say only orgasm. Most people are going to say, I want to feel bonded. I want to feel connected. I want to feel playfulness. I want to laugh. I want to, you know, be able to be like, high five. You're awesome. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, I want to be able to get a compliment or give a compliment. And it, it truly is about pleasure. And if you're so focused on orgasm and getting there, it's very difficult to experience all of the other pleasure from foreplay, from making out, from caressing, from looks, from the sounds you hear. And I think it, it really does you know, it really does kind of cut you off at the knees when you say any sexual experience must end in an orgasm for it to count. So and that is step A, peeps. Um Communication. Communication is the biggest thing. Like, you need to communicate all of these things and, you know, like wholeheartedly communicating it, not feeling bashful, but just saying, like, this is the person that you trust most. You know, I like to tell people, uh, what was it? Um, <laughs> you know, I think it's really funny during these t- modern times that we live in, you know, with dating apps and such. And I asked people, I'm like, well, like, because I talk to a lot of people about their relationships, and like, well, how well do you know this person? You know, like, people have that comment of like having the old quote, you know, intercourse sex, like maybe on the first meeting, the second meeting, what have you. And I ask them, I say, well, how, how, how well do you know this person? And you know, they're like, well, you know, we're getting to know each other. I'm like, yeah, but you've already had intercourse, and you're like, yeah, but I don't know if I'm in love with them, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, so you have no idea what your connection is. And I said, okay. So, and like from a female standpoint, you let a man or whoever your sexual partner is, guys, you let that person, you know, penetrate you, go into your most personal self-respect of space. Yet I asked them, would you give that person your cell phone passcode, security passcode? I love that. And if they I'm say, I'm totally going to use that. Game. Right? So it's like, that's if, awesome. If they say, uh, no, then I'm like, wow. So, like, that's interesting. It really puts a spin on things, you know? Like, well, it's funny because I used to say that, but I would say, would you give them the key to your house? Mm. But this is much more modern. You're much more modern than I am. <laughs> I'll help you out. But the thing is, it's true because. Like, I mean, and you can put that spin on anything. Would you give them your, like, social media account or wh- whatever? Yeah. But it's like... Would you t- let them take over your IG? <laughs> yes, exactly. Or, yeah. or you know, 
go to your bank account. I don't know. Whatever this, the stature is, like, it's, it's so true. Yeah. And I have talked to so many people. They probably, if they're listening to this, they know exactly who I'm talking to. Okay. So listen, whoever you are. Um, you know, you, you take a female out on a date. Maybe you just say, what's wrong with me? Like, I, 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 I can't find the one. And then I ask them, how early on are you just doing intercourse? You know, like how early on are you? And it's about, it, it goes back to that, like you give all your eggs up, you know, and there's no mystery. There's no excitement. Therefore, it's like, who am I? All identity is lost. You don't even know what that person likes to eat for breakfast, you know? So that moves on if you stick with that person for a long time on your end it's like where's the fire like how do you keep it alive and then it's like after maybe a year they're like maybe this person's not the one it takes them that long to really realize because there is no chemistry well and that's the thing when we talk about connection um yes i do believe it's important to be able to experience pleasure through sexual experiences with a partner, but a lot of people will say, well, I want to find out early on if that's possible. The thing is that most people, especially my male clients, will tell me that sex gets better with time and practice with the same partner. Mm -hmm. So if you're judging someone based off of that first time, I think you're, again, you are messing things up for yourself because that vulnerability which is a huge buzzword for me, I love it. Mm. Vulnerability that comes with it, when you can trust someone else with your body, with your thoughts, of course you're going to be more comfortable. You just are, especially when you're, when you're trying to, as a man, um, function sexually, you can't be in your head. You get that performance anxiety. Mm. And that is so much higher when you don't trust the person that you're a partner, you know, sexual partner with. And for women as well, it's very hard to get out of our head as it is during a sexual experience with our first sexual experience. Talk about tension, talk about awkwardness, talk about all those things that happen. How can you say, I'm going to judge who we can possibly be in our sexual potential based off of a first sexual encounter? Right. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Under pressure. Um, yeah. I mean, like, I had the co-founders of the matchmaking service, the Bevy, on here. And we were talking a lot about first dates, first meetings. And it's so true. Like, if you give that all up in the first instances, and I'm not just trying to classify, like, first instances, but, you know, early on without having that true connectedness, bondedness, you know, I base my relationships off of friendship first. I want to know the nitty gritty of that person. I want to see them, you know, sweaty and, you know, I want to have those experiences like going on yeah. hikes or what have you, you know, like. You don't want to see them just at their best, quote unquote, because that isn't long term. That's not letting, that's not letting you into their their cave you know mm -hmm. like I think it's important for people to be able to see lots of different facets of someone in order to then make more of a better judgment as to whether or not they can fit in their lives and, and can enhance their lives 
So I'm a big proponent of friendship, but uh, friendship first, but um, friend zone is a real thing. Oh, shit. And (laughs) so making sure that you keep that romantic spark, even as a friend, through flirtation, you know, through stoking that. Now, stoking doesn't have to equal poking. So (laughs) get, get back to this flirtation that you have so that you don't end up in the friend zone because friends don't flirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's true. Um, but so moving beyond that, I want to ask you, um, because we are in modern times and I believe I am a modern woman and, um, do you, I like to work a lot with, um, you know, I'm huge into astrology. I'm huge into personality types. Do you find that those type of tests are accurate, you know, like, that's so funny. Um, it's funny because in a few months you'll see why I think this is funny, um, that you're asking me this because something will be coming out of mine, but, um, just a little teaser, but I think, um, I think what's helpful about testing and categorizing all of us is that it helps us to feel like we are okay. Because if there's a whole group of us that belong in the same category, it helps to normalize who we are in our experience of life. It's also helpful when we're trying to figure out if what we're going through is disordered or not. Hmm. It's not as helpful when you feel confined to that box, confined to that group, confined to that category. And if you have a negative attachment to the group that you're a part of going into it and then finding out, oh my gosh, I'm a blank, um, then that can be a hindrance and that can hurt you and it can hurt your soul and it can hurt your ability to grow. So I say, take the good, leave the bad. Mm -hmm. Because for as many people that are helped by, you know, personality testing and all of that, um, and categorizations of who we are, socioculturally and all that, there are just as many people who are suppressed by it, who find it stifling, who want to, you know, shun it. So take the good, leave the bad. That's what I think. So let me throw out, can I throw out a scenario to you? Um, Sure. So, scenario, guys, scenario. What if, let's use a man and a woman, okay? Scenario is um, female interested in male, right? They've been friends for a while. Uh, Man had a relationship years and years and years ago that he thought was the one, turned out, in the end, she said some things to him uh, upon their ending that really tore him apart. He can't get those words out of his head. So that's his broken record of who he thinks he is in regards to being a human and in a relationship. Therefore, he keeps going after the wrong female. She knows she and him would be great together. How does she, uh, I hate to use the word help, but kind of open his eyes to the fact that this is how he can start to heal. Like, what? how would he start to heal from that past relationship in that instance of basically reprogramming who he is? Okay, so I know I'm a therapist, um, and so I'm a little bit biased, 
I don't think it's her place to do that. I don't Mm. think it's her burden to do that. I don't think that she needs to become his relationship personal trainer. Like, I think he needs to seek out an expert, a professional, a clinician to work with through that because, as we all know, it doesn't work out when you're policing someone else in a relationship. Mm -hmm. It doesn't help out when you put yourself in uh, a dynamic of inferior and superior. Like, that just doesn't work out. So I would tell her, you know, I think you should have a conversation with him to say, look, I think it would help you to go and talk to a therapist about this twice. Mm -hmm. Let's just start with twice. And see what kind of feedback they give you because I feel like you are kind of blocked in this way. And I may be wrong. That's what I'm thinking. But I think you might need to work through whatever that is. And it probably isn't going to take very long. But go and talk to someone about this. Mm -hmm. She cannot be that person for him. She has a bias. She has an agenda. She Uh wants him to be this person for her. So she's going, whereas if she goes to, if he goes to talk to a third party, you know, we don't have that same agenda. We're not trying to like hook him up with this person. We're trying to get him to be his best self in order to experience the best that life has to offer. Um, so recommending that for sure. And of course, a coach which can help with that too. Uh, you know, there are lots of self-help books if he's just like adamant that he doesn't want to talk to someone. You know, I'm working with um, a company called Intima Health. It's online virtual. It can be anonymous. There's all sorts of stuff to help anyone who wants to get help about relationships and sex online. And Intima is available 24-7 all over the world. It's a very quick way to access help. Um, And You know, like I said, the anonymity of it is something that I think a lot of people who are struggling with even admitting that they need to talk to someone else about this is really helpful. Uh, Something that doesn't happen when you're in person in my office. Um, So don't put that on her. I don't think it's her. And and she's, she's not the expert of him. So he may go through that and realize, like, yeah, I want to and I need to work through this, but I'm still not going to be with you. Mm-hmm. And that would be really hard for her to realize that she's been working with him and like guiding him through this and almost grooming him for her. And then she, he's like, nope, but the next person he meets, he marries. So, uh, which happens. Yeah. That's happened to me actually many of times in my life, but, um, because I'm a helper too, but, um, so let me ask you, I want to, cause I, I'm trying to ask some questions I think a lot of people are wondering about um going two things so going back to the friend zone topic because I think that's very intriguing um a lot of people are very very uh there can be some over sensitization is that the word over sensitization um these yeah, days that sounds people, weird. I like it yeah people people <laughs> don't want to offend they don't want to seem pushy um because if someone is forward and says something someone might be like oh my gosh a little alarmed perhaps they have a past that's a little you know like ah like you know but um how do you know if it's safe to enter if someone is very brutally honest saying something complimentary to someone else how do you know that it's not just a catch 
Um, and then beyond that, how do you know if it is a friend, when to make the next move and be daring? Well, again, as a therapist, I'm so used to just being curious and asking questions. It mm. sounds so easy, but the finesse that goes into asking what, how to do it and when to do it. But with, with a friendship that you wanted to see if you can go deeper and changing and maybe going into something that's more romantic. Um, I think that this questioning, like, what do you think about us? Like, do you think we'd be like, do you think we should maybe explore what it would be like to be romantically involved? Like, do you think, you know, we could be more than friends, but in a very like chill way, like, you know, we've been hanging out a, a lot, you know, a lot together. We've, um, I have a lot of fun with you. I don't know, but like, do you think that we could, we should explore more, or do you think that this is kind of where it goes for, you know, for for us? But just be curious and put it out there and ask. But do it before you're already like head over heels to where the only right answer is a yes. Yeah, that's the key: is do it before you are totally invested in a yes, because you should not ask questions if you are only wanting one answer mm -hmm. do not ask a yes or no question if you only are wanting a yes or a no mm -hmm. that's like back in second grade when you're like do you like me you know like it's like do we have to go back to that like write a note maybe we should actually like send notes and be like do you like me check a box um but in order to do that we have to be okay with rejection yeah. And that's really tough to do. And I think that a lot of times the key to not having such a disastrous response to rejection is not keeping your thoughts to yourself so long. Like, don't create that mountain. Like, just talk about it when it's a molehill. Like, hey, oh my gosh, like, I think you're kind of attractive. Do you think I'm attractive? Like, and not that everybody who's attractive <laughs> needs to, you know, date, but start off with like a, do you think I'm good looking? Hmm. Yeah. Do, do you think, I, I think you're good looking. Do, uh, do you like the way, do you have fun? Like, it kind of evaluate along the way as you're becoming friends. That was a lot of fun. We had so much fun doing that. You make me laugh. That's a great thing. And then as things get a little bit more like, huh, we we tend to check off a lot of each other's boxes or I just really enjoy who I am when I'm with you. That would be the time to then say, do you want to see what would happen if we were to try to, you know, initiate romance and integrate romance into our relationship versus having a huge crush and, you know, can't think about anybody else. And like your whole body tingles when you're next to them because then rejection feels like, a friggin' iceberg just crashes through your window and you're just cold and feel like I'd never want to go out and move again. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it's like we all know the correct answer. It's like just do it. Just do it, you know, and just ask. And I think we're all trying to grow with that, um, especially now these days with everyone so fast-paced. It's like you might as well just ask and then have um, – you know, uh, a boundary line of saying, you know, if it doesn't work out, can we still be friends, you know? Um, so moving beyond that, I have another question I think would be very um, 
basically, I think a lot of people would want to know this, is um, age difference. I know mm. a lot of the times people are stuck on judgment of what will so-and-so think of me if I'm with this person. I know <laughs> you might say, it's up to you. How do you feel about with that person? But statistically, what have you seen with age differences? I think a lot of it has to do with where, what station you are in your life. You know, especially if you are wanting to have children, uh, biological children or otherwise, your energy levels need to match up. That, that to me is like the biggest indicator of whether or not a relationship uh, with a bigger age gap than normal, which average age gap is like two to three years. Um, anything more than that, it's all about energy because we are slowly dying, which is super sad to imagine, but we're slowly dying and our bodies are only going to have less and less energy, even though we are doing everything that we can to raise our energy, um, you know, working out, eating well, drinking water, doing all of these things are very helpful to raise your energy. But overall, your average energy, I think, should match up with your partner's average energy, because if not, every difference that's caused by your age gap in other ways is going to be highlighted. The other thing about it is what other people think. I mean, it's so funny because nowadays you can't tell what people's ages are. You just can't. An 18-year-old can look 30. A 12-year-old can look 20. A 40-year-old can look 20. I mean, like, there's really no, there isn't that much of a difference. Of course, when you start to get, like, 60s and 70s and then your partner's in their you know, 20s or 30s, it's pretty obvious. But you have to be okay with people saying, is that your offspring. <laughs> you have to be okay with that because that's what's going to happen. In those situations, what I would say is, what are each of you giving up by being with each other? And is that okay for you? Is that something that you can process as the risk reward, you know, the reward is higher? With everyone you choose to be with, you are you're losing something and you're gaining something. It doesn't matter who you are, what age you are. Hmm. And if you don't have those conversations, not just within yourself, but between each other, when those differences come up, when those risks, you know, show their ugly faces, you're going to feel alone in dealing with it. So communication, again, it all goes back to communication. We cannot read each other's minds yet. So, this is the only way to do it. Huge giant letters. Communication. Didn't we all like take a class, communication class? I know I did. It's crazy. I, I mean, in, in some colleges, it's a requirement. But no, I wish more people would take communication courses. We had a communications class in, I think, seventh or eighth grade. I don't quite don't know what it was about. It was kind of like a glorified study hall, but. Um, yeah, but it's crazy, right? Communication, communication. And it's, it's not just the, how you can share what it is that you're feeling. It's all in the listening too. Yes. Listening. The, it's really, it's about processing information. Um, and I think that a lot of people struggle with that, especially, you know, if they grew up in a world where 
their voice was not heard. Their voice was not prioritized. They did not get feedback that says what you feel is important. They're going to struggle more than people who's, you know, maybe the opposite, where everything that they said was really taken into account and they had a say in everything. Um, that can lead to entitlement, but that's another podcast. <laughs> Ego. Um, so a couple more things and then we'll let you fly. But um, I want to know, and I think everyone would agree with me, what's the secret? What is the secret? Because we've kind of touched on it before. But scenario, so-and-so has parents that have been married forever. Their grandparents were married forever. They know that times are different now, but they want that relationship too. We know that we change over time. Our personalities may shift. Our hobbies may shift, you know? How do you keep it alive? How do you keep it interesting? How do you keep it so you don't just turn into a roommate when you are 30 years into the marriage? How do you keep it zestful? So I love that you're asking me this because this is basically my number one goal in my professional life um, is to help other people do just this. Let's make a distinction though because marriage in and of itself is not an accomplishment. <laughs> and what I mean by that is you don't have to be married ever to have a healthy, happy relationship. And just the fact that you have stayed married doesn't mean that you are happy or healthy. In fact, there's lots of people out there right now who are probably listening to this who are like, uh, I haven't been happy in my marriage since, you know, 2010. So I think it's important to make that distinction. Marriage does not equal happiness. Mm -hmm. A happy, healthy, interesting, intimate connection with someone else that allows you to grow as a person over your lifetime, I believe that's what creates happiness. And I believe that is an accomplishment because having one person go through life and feel like they get it quote unquote, that's huge. But to then have two people or even more be able to both feel like they're getting what they want out of their lives and still remain each other's go-to, each other's cheerleader, each other's sexual playmate, each other's confidant, um, support system, all that, that is an accomplishment because we're constantly in a state of growth. We're constantly in flux. And if you can have people who can do this throughout their lifetime and go to, go together, grow apart, go together, grow apart, and manage all those changes, that's hard. That's where the work, I mean, they've done a lot of work to make that happen. Most people hit a, a bump, boom, they're gone. After 18 to 24 months, the passion no longer lives in their brain. The passion is no longer making them like want to glob onto each other and the work comes in transforming what's next in their relationship to be able to go the long term and to go the distance. So I think the secret back to that, the key, no, not really a secret, but the key to making that happen is checking in with each other and checking in with who you are becoming, what you're hoping to be and 
doing that often. And I mean often like once a week. You need to check in with your partner to see how they're feeling about your connection, how they're feeling about their individual life, how they're feeling about the next three months, five months, ten years, whatever it is. Because if you know something, you can grow with it. You can do something about it. If you don't know, you're going to be blindsided. And when you're blindsided, you get defensive. And when you're defensive, you're not attractive. It's as simple as that. That being defensive, being on edge is not attractive. <laughs> I know. It really shows the kind of, I would say, the ugly side in you, you know? Because it's like, why are you being so defensive, you know? I love that. Um, and we're not, you know, kind of like putting out there that like, oh, marriage is bad or marriage is good or, you know, but it really comes down to that question of what, what, does marriage mean to you? How is it defined to you? Are you doing it because, you know, I heard uh, Camilla Alves, um, you know, and Matthew McConaughey, um, they got married after they had, I think, their third child. And they did it. Mm -hmm. She said the reason, she goes, we didn't need to because we were already there, but we did it because our children kept asking us why their last names were different. And so we did it because we wanted to show them that like, yes, we are in, you know, together and like they wanted the same last name, but it, it does become, you know, very true to that. So it goes back to the communication and the bond and the connectiveness of what you have with your significant other. And as you said, checking in, you know, what, what do you guys see each other as, you know, Goldie Hawn, I mean, look at her, you know. They've been together forever. Yeah. So, um, yeah. you know. And that's the thing. There are couples who could say, I don't care what other people think. We know what we have. But yeah. we live in a very visible, visible world. Everything, everyone and everything is out there in one way, shape, or form. And sometimes it helps with accountability to say, I'm a part of the marriage group. I wear a ring to show everybody that I'm a part of this membership. Um, some people may not be in good standing of this, <laughs> of this membership. They haven't paid their dues. They, you know, haven't been. But they want that outside accountability and they want the visibility of saying, I am engaged, I am married, I am whatever. Um, some couples don't need that. They don't care. They don't care about what other people think about their relationships. They, they exist just fine without being a part of the wedding you know, the, the marriage club, and that's that's great, as long as they're both okay with that. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people say, especially the people that I'm working with, that they got married because it was the thing to do. Hmm. It was the next thing to do. They wanted to show growth between the two of them and to the outside world, and so they went and jumped through this hoop. Um, for some people, it's, it's the right thing, and for other people, it's just not, and I think that, again, it's like being orgasm-centric. You don't need to be marriage-centric. Yeah. What What do you have to prove? What do you have to prove? And, guys, you We don't know, win awards for it. I mean, come on. In, in all reality, I mean, we live in such a modern world now. Like, everything is acceptable. And you can wear a ring if you want to. You can buy that person another token. People don't even wear rings and they're married, you know? Yeah. Guys prefer to wear perhaps a watch, you know? Yeah. You know, some people keep that ring on forever and there's a tan line, you know? 
but it's back to the communication, back to your bond, back to your connectiveness, you know? Um, I love that. But, but defining what marriage means to you is something that's like relationship 101. Yeah. Whether you're already in it or not, talk about what marriage means and why you're doing it. I'm not saying you both have to be, you know, 100% all in and have the exact same thoughts on marriage, but at least have that conversation. It's like for some people, asking them the question, why do you want to have kids? It's not the easiest question to answer it's really not and for a lot of people it just comes down to vanity and legacy yeah no judgment here I'm just saying or someone we may not have like this you know amazing answer to why you know why marriage why not just live together forever why go through this um you know these steps especially legally but and and a lot of times people are just like because I want to yeah. Again, if you both just want to and it works for you, then that's fine. But at least say it. Yeah. I've heard some of the most interesting answers to that question, too. And I, I've seen many different couples in many different ways of life. You know, some didn't think they would have kids and then they had kids. Some, you know, are well into their 70s, don't have kids, have fur babies, you know, yeah. I mean, it's all acceptable, guys. I'm telling you here right now, you're safe. It's all acceptable. There's no rules to your life. Oh, my gosh, how freeing that is to hear, right? There's no rules Absolutely. to your life. So get over and what other people think. especially in your sex think. life, again, yes. do what works for you. Yeah, do what works for you. And if that other person is like, uh, what, then maybe that's not your partner, think about that um okay but give them a chance to talk through it <laughs> yeah. okay back to communication give them a chance to talk yeah. through it first okay so i have one more question for you are you ready okay ready. so what is your honest truth that has led you on a path to success in maintaining a healthy lifestyle Okay, so you're asking me during um, this time of quarantine where I have completely fallen off of my my more healthier habits. <laughs> my more healthy habits have kind of gone by the way wayside, but they're still there. They exist. Um, my honest truth is, and anyone who really knows me knows that this is really true, you cannot have shame about everything. I I live a life, I truly feel like, within boundaries, within like, you know, I don't like to offend anybody, but there's a fine line between offending someone and just making them uncomfortable. So I want to be authentic. I don't really care what other people say about me because I know my heart. I know my soul. I know what my intentions are. And so as long as that's my compass and my moral compass feels well calibrated, I don't really worry about the way that things look. I don't really worry about um, how I sound, how I, you know, portray myself. Like I really, I, and I'm trying to teach my daughter this as well, which is why get embarrassed about just having fun? Why, why should you not? dance and sing and and play and tell jokes and be silly like 
I think we should always have that be a part of us. And the people who have kind of closed in and said, no, 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 because what if this, what if this, what if this? Let me just tell you, one thing about being on a TV show is I've learned you cannot please everyone and you probably can't please anyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I've really just over time realized, um, even earlier on in my life, but especially now, I'm just going to be me. I, I don't I don't care. Like, I'm the one living my life. I'm just going to be me. Does that mean I'm going to be terrible to other people? No, because guess what? Me and, and my version of what I believe I am doesn't do that. I don't intentionally hurt other people. I won't be a part of anything that does. Um, but I don't think that the, it, there's just not enough room for shame in this life. Very, very quick. You know, you only live once. And um, that's kind of my guiding principle is be you, enjoy yourself, enjoy your life because nobody else is going to do it for you. And I think with that, because people are going to be saying, well, who am I? Constantly re-ask yourself, be you. Well, who am I? Okay. Answer yourself, be you. Well, who am I? Because it's ever evolving. And so you really need to tap into that because it goes and it funnels through to your relationships. Be you. Who am I? Right? What you are attracts yeah. that like person, right? Energy is yeah. completely 100% energy. Like vibrations attract like vibrations. Preach, yeah. sister. Ugh. <laughs> um, so where can everyone find you? Yeah, well, um, I'm online all over uh, Dr. Viviana. That's D-O-C-T-O-R-V-I-V-I-A-N-A. I'm on YouTube, I'm on IG, I'm on Twitter, um, I have my website, I have programs that are online uh, that you know couples and individuals can do. I have uh, Vivid Relationships Community Online. It's a $10 a month subscription and you get uh, weekly tips, prompts, um, advice. There are giveaways that are exclusive to the community. I, I mean, I'm trying to be all over, especially right now, just because once I get back into uh, like the thick of everything that's going on professionally, I, I can't spend as much time out there, but I'm really enjoying doing that right now. And uh, professionally and personally, I think I'm, I, I, I would give myself a solid B plus on how I'm dealing with the pandemic. Hey, B plus is from <laughs> passing. That's good. Yeah. Um, I do. I, in order to get to an A+, plus, I would have to do a lot more. And, uh, and get, I don't have time for that right now. But you know what? We are in a time of restructuring and transformation. So we do need to really give ourselves a lot of grace um, to understand yeah. and go back to, who am I? Who am I? So I cannot thank you enough. I know everyone listening completely 100%, 1,000% appreciates your knowledge, your words, your wisdom, and just this open conversation that we've had here. Um, I would love to have you back on the show. It was so much fun. So guys, guys, if you liked this episode, please pass it on to a friend, a family member. We all need to have dish out the conversations, throw it out on the coffee table like a puzzle. Let's put these lives back together. Let's see the big picture. You'll only live once. Have no shame. So pass it along. Send it in an email. Send it in a letter. What have you. We love having you as our guests on um, 
the podcast. We love having you guys listen in each and every week. Send me your comments, your questions. Give me a star rating and review. Let me know if you liked this show, if you want to hear more of it. Um, Again, tune in to Married at First Sight on Lifetime Channel um, to see all the magic happening. It's all over right now. You can binge watch previous seasons. My first season was season nine. Season 10 just finished airing. It is, you're going to learn something from it. I definitely And you know what? It's all sorts of different ways to love. So I I think it's awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. Your viewership is awesome. Your audience is awesome. I love it. I love it. Okay, guys. So until next time, it's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. Kiss, kiss, hug, hug, peace, love. Ciao. Did you know that you can get some of my favorite, favorite, favorite and pre-vetted products directly from my website? So you're probably questioning, KB, what do you use on a daily basis and why? Well, I give you the skinny all on my website so you can get a reverse osmosis water filtration system. You can get beautiful skincare products. You can get mushroom coffee elixirs. You can get clean teas. What have you? The list goes on and on and on. So if you want to check out before you buy, go to my website. Click on the shop page. The website is www.justbeinghonest.com and click on the shop page and you have all the resources you need to start making a lifestyle that you wanted to fully be in charge of designing. So check it out, justbeinghonest.com. Remember the bean has no G, so it's J-U-S-T. B-E-I-N-H-O-N-E-S-T dot com. Hello, sweet beans. I wanted to remind you that today's podcast was brought to you by the Just Being Honest team. Yeah, KB, me. So KB's lifestyle design, what's it all about? As I mentioned before, it's about creating that substance in your life. What are you really searching for? Wait. It's not about searching, it's about unveiling what is already deep within you. So a little bit health coaching, a little bit of life coaching, a little bit regaining that truth within you. So do you want to know where to start, how to begin? It's easy. Call me. I will give you your first discovery call for free. So just contact me, KB, and say JBH free. And you'll get your first discovery call free.